Hello, hello, it's Brittany Hamilton Strong, Borboletta educator and owner of SoCal Beauty in Orange County, California, and I'm today's guest announcer. You can find me on Instagram at SoCalBeauty underscore. Cue the Mew. In an industry where most of us spend the majority of our time working alone in a room, this podcast was created so that you can learn, be encouraged, and find a connection with other lash and beauty industry professionals. This is LashCast Podcast. And here's your host, Paul Lubers. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. First, I want to quickly give a shout out to Brittany Hamilton Strong from SoCal Beauty for being our guest announcer. Brittany spoke at LashCon last year and is a salon owner and trains for Borboletta. She is definitely someone you want to follow. Today, we were releasing an episode that we recorded back in January before all our lives were turned upside down by all this recent change. And, well, good news. The questions we had back in January are still relevant today. So we've decided to go ahead and move forward and release this episode. Two quick announcements. We are giving away $200 in swag from our sponsors from LashCon and Lash Cruise. Well, the cruise that never happened. And all you need to do is go onto iTunes and post a review, screenshot it, and then email it to me at paul at lashcastpodcast.com. Secondly, on June 29th, just around the corner here, we are going to have our first ever online webinar called Everything You Need to Know About Glue. It's a three-hour webinar where Tusney will equip you so that you can become the glue authority in your community. Tweezers, lashes, glue, these are the three things you need to understand to do your business. And the one that seems to have the most mystery around it is the glue itself. Like a month ago, I did an online poll and over 50% of the people who responded said they thought that our glue can cause cancer. So I assure you guys, there's a lot of mystery, a lot of misunderstandings about this glue. It's not something that's been invented like in the last year or two. It's been around since the 1940s. So because of that, we decided to put this class where Tustin has talked to doctors, chemists, other lash professionals. I mean, she herself has been in this industry for over 15 years. So I assure you, we have a lot of good information that will help you really up your game and become a better lash professional because of this. So please go sign up. The link is in our bio on our Instagram page. I'll actually put in the show notes here. It's on June 29th. And if you can't make it that day, don't worry. The class will be actually saved for a couple of weeks. So you can come back and watch it on the next two weeks. So don't worry if you can't make it on the 29th. It'll be available for you to watch later. And the price is real cheap. It's only 49 $9. So, all right, that's all the announcements I have for you guys. Otherwise, let's get into this episode. Hey guys, we are live in the Last Cast Studios here with Erica and Tusney. How are you guys doing? We are so Great. good. Cool. Today is our QA special. It's special about Questions and actually responses, Q and R is something I heard recently that was kind of cool. Q and A instead of Q and A, do Q and R, which is question and response. Oh, because it's more like your opinion. Yeah, versus I run out the final answer on everything, which I wish we were, but we're not. <laughs> okay, let's get into our first question from About Face GR. That's Instagram at About Face GR. What have you found to be the best products to keep for retail other than typical cleanser, sleep mask, etc.? Well, one of the big ticket items that we sold was Light Stim 
LED lights. Yeah. Uh, they, we had one for the face, for the skin, building collagen. And Big one, ticket item too. One for pain and then one for acne. Yeah, they retailed for like what, 250 250 to 300 something like that depending because there's different levels of what you can get. And what's great about it is if you sell it, you're not going to be able to mark it up 100% because they limit your ability to do that. But what you do is if you buy 10 units, they give you one free. And that knocks down the overall price. Now, if you also become a vendor, you actually get one for like $100 that you can either use for yourself or you can use in treatment rooms to show people Yeah. in addition to the trial sample one that's on the floor. The other thing is... Well, well, light stem, Erica, you were going to say something? So there are a lot of these LED light products on the market. We've talked about this before, but I would love to hear you again talk about why or what to look for when you're looking for the best LED light therapy. Because there are a lot of cheap Chinese knockoffs out there that don't do too much, actually. There's one that you can put over your whole face at Ulta. You can buy from Ulta. It's like 30 bucks. I think Neutrogena makes it. That's right. Yeah. The Neutrogena one is really interesting. Uh, The benefits is that it's hands-free and it goes over your face. But some of the drawbacks are as follows. You need to purchase a new battery for it every month. And the battery is like $30, which isn't a lot. But if you think about it, there's no need for purchasing a power source for it. That's $360 a year though. That adds up fast. That's right. The other thing, they needed to make money on it. And so that's the disposable that they... Yeah, it's kind of like a printer. You get your printer and then you have to pay for the ink, right? <laughs> which is like more expensive than the printer ever was. So they give you this LED light and then they know they're going to make their money on the batteries. Right. The other thing about it is if you look at the mask itself, there is about, I'm probably going to get this number wrong, but there's about 15 to 30 light bulbs, which is not much for the entire face. And the bulb, the LED bulb is, is where all that magic happens when the skin absorbs the photons of light and they're transferred into ATP, energy food for the mitochondria, which helps power the cell and helps the cells to perform all their functions. Did you they're- say menachlorines? <laughs> yeah, the force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the force. Yeah. This is cool. We're bringing Star no. Wars into fa- skincare. It's, this will take off, I promise you. It's the mitochondria. Okay, it's almost shoot. like a punchline, right? Okay. The, uh, well, so what's important is that it has a lot of actual bulbs and whatever device you decide to use either in the treatment room or to retail to your clients, yes. it needs a lot of bulbs. That's right. So if you use that Neutrogena mask, I mean, it's better than nothing. But in terms of actually getting the benefit, you're going to have to be under that light twice, three times, four times as long as you would have to be underneath uh, like a light stem light because there's so many more light bulbs or little LED bulbs per square inch of that handle. Yeah. What I like so much about when we sold the light stem at Integrity is that it was actually helping the client. It was solving a problem. Mm -hmm. With sales, you always want to solve a problem, right? Yeah. So you can have all the frou-frou things and, you know, nail polish for me solves problems. So, <laughs> but we did. Yeah. We sold really great nail polish mm-hmm. that was like free of all the harmful chemicals. And I think it's also a little bit knowing your clientele. Like I feel like lash t-shirts might do really well if you have maybe a clientele who's a little bit more like into style, maybe younger. But mm-hmm. we never sold like lash apparel because we knew our clients wouldn't buy it. So we can like recommend a million things all day long, but I think a lot of it has to, you really need to know who you're selling. You have that lawyer walking in going, I want to wear that new cool lash tee. No, this is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If any of you have access to a wholesale market, we had an account at the California Mart and we were able to get a lot of jewelry 
at wholesale cost. A yeah. lot of this company sold to like even the one of the Kardashians brands. We saw Forever Twenty One promoting yeah, there. Uh, I can't, uh, J Crew, lots of different BB. So, so if you're like in the big city. There's yeah. probably a place like a jewelry mart in the downtown district or somewhere where they do a lot of the wholesale. clothing, wholesale, they do flowers. There's different markets usually, and that's where you can go down and get stuff. I and mean, we buy jewelry for $1 to $3 and turn around and sell it for 15 to 25 mm-hmm. It's like the same kind of stuff that you would see like at a Nordstrom. But the difference at Nordstrom is it's packaged in a beautiful box and, you know, it's got a ribbon that looks, you know, it lends itself to being able to charge more. So yeah. we didn't charge as much as like – we didn't mark it up to like $4, but we did mark it up maybe three or four times. Yeah. I mean, if it was $5, we'd sell for $20, 25 yeah. If it was $3, we'd sell for 12 to 15 something like that. So, yeah. And it's easy to sell. Mm-hmm. And then when you discount, you still make money, yeah. which is great. Yeah. I want to get back just one ad thing about the light stem. Sometimes people can say, well, why don't I just buy this on Amazon? The difference is um, Lightstim really supports the independent retailer. You will get education on it. You'll be invited to their headquarters to be able to be educated, to be able to talk about it. The other thing is that the packages, the boxes that they send to the boutiques actually give the client an extra set of it's like a mask that helps the photons of the lights penetrate a little bit better. So the client perceives more value. Also, you get one extra year on the warranty. So it's um, it's like six yeah. years, I think it I is. forget, but it's yeah. a longer warranty. So there's more reasons to buy it from you. And also it's easier to return it. Because they just can come back to you and they'll just exchange if it breaks. They will take it back for three months. And the cool thing about this is when I first started, I thought that we'd be selling a lot more of the uh, collagen one for wrinkles. Mm -hmm. The funny thing was is that it actually worked out. We sold more of the pain light. And one of the reasons, I mean, I sleep with my pain light every night because it's, it's an infrared light. So it's one of those things that it just helps my hands feel recharged in the morning. It reduces swelling, right? Yeah, it reduces yeah. swelling. It just increases the circulation. It's just this wonderful warmth that heals things better. It will actually make a bruise heal faster. So um, some doctor's offices will, will have that available after Botox. You know, you can put it on. Yeah. But anyway. So we have the LED light which are great. We also sold jewelry. We also sold, as Erica mentioned, Smith & Colt was the nail polish, the nail polish line and that makeup. we carried and some of their makeup. Scarves. Scarves is a good idea. Scarves were great. Candles. Candles. And we never did this, but we've seen other people, especially during the holidays, a lot of these companies will have little packages of stuff. So they'll have candles, soaps, and all these little things that you can bundle together. Candle snuffers and candle wick cutters are another mm-hmm. thing um, that is really popular. Yeah, and we also saw – well, we sold eyeliner, and we sold the whole eye makeup. So we had eyeliner. We had actually a mascara that we used from Bella that we liked that was safe for lashes that washed off real easy for those clients. And we would just tell them, like, hey, use this at the end of your lifespan. So lifespan. lifespan. <laughs> well, as you're dying, please put this on. Uh, no, it's like, well, identify the dead by their mascara. So I don't know what that came from. The lash life, like when your lash is towards the end and you're like, oh man, it's a few more days. Well, then you just put the mascara on to help bridge that gap if you had to. So we had those things. What else did we have that we sold? We sold a few other things. I think that's... That's about it. Oh, skincare. We had skincare line. Yeah. Duh. We had a huge skin. In fact, that was like half of our product was skincare. And that's a little hard to sell because the last thing you want to do while you're doing your lashes is go, oh my gosh, look at that skin. You need some help. One of the easiest ways to do is if you want to carry a creamy mask, facial mask. 
one of the things that you can do before you start the service is slap that mask all over their face, put their gel pads on. That's right. That's a sound effect for you know, being put, slapped. Put a, a, a paper towel or a Kleenex a gauze over their forehead so that you're not getting it all in your hands and do the service so they can soak in that mask. And at the end, you wipe it off with a warm towel that you have in your cabbie. Oh, it's so warm. And usually they feel all refreshed. You can put a I moisturizer and a sun screen on them. It's a, <laughs> something that you can sell. You can also sell that mask. So, you know. I was giving them the experience. You were doing the side yeah. effects. Yeah, well, no, that's sound effects. That was what it's like to get that. It's amazing. It is. It is. You can even like spray a um, toner. toner on over, you know, when they're, they're Or if you're in the south, finished. bug spray around the room. Why the south? No, oh, because that's where all the bugs live. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in Florida, like down there, man. They're massive. They're as big as your fist. Yeah, but they're not in the room. Can you imagine if that's what I did in Nashville? <laughs> I just spray, spritz them with some bug spray, spray before they head out at the end of their appointment. <laughs> Bye, guys. So gross. Welcome to summer. Avon's <laughs> skin's so soft. Everyone in the South hates me now. I know. Sorry. I know. Okay. Anyhow, so that's some good ideas. And I, I'm sure you can, you know, one things that we did is we would actually, when we went out, Walking around, enjoying the city, whatever. We'd be looking in stores and just looking for things. Like, oh, that's cool. We could probably sell something like that. And that's, I think, where we got the idea of the jewelry and so forth. So, you know, don't just go with what we have. Just be always looking around, looking at little shops. If you're like that little downtown area that has maybe some cute shops and you walk in and you see some cute knickknack things, stuff, you never know. Stuff that women put in their purse. Coin purses, lip gloss, uh, well, yeah, lip, lip balm. Gloss. We had lip balm that we sold too. Yeah. Magnets, guest soap. Yeah. You could even sell like um, greeting cards. Yeah. Because a lot of times they're shopping, they're buying gifts. Yeah. I remember your place you were before you came to Integrity. They had the whole area, I think, of yeah, cards. Yeah, like whole and, like, thing of greeting cards. Yeah. So yeah. stationary greeting cards, mm-hmm. really fun stuff. Because people, especially during the holidays or during any time, really, when they have special events, they're always looking for those quick little things they can grab on the go. And if you just be thinking, what does someone need that's really simple that can make a nice, cute little gift that they could throw in the bag or throw into with a card? Like a hostess gift or something. Yeah. I so. would say to also, you know, know try to stay on brand as much as possible i don't know why this popped in my head but like you know we're all different individuals some of us are really quirky but if your hobby is comic books don't sell comic books at your (laughs) you know what i mean like that's like an offhand example but i would say stay in the beauty industry lane yeah and i remember there's some other stuff if you go to the beauty experience this coming June, which we'll be at, guys, so watch for us there. You can see all sorts of cool stuff there. Just here, to go, Or you can go to the ones in New York. That's in March. Or the Chicago has the IECSE show, I know, coming up too. If you go to these shows, you will just see table after table of different ideas for skincare and products. Walk around and just pick a couple. Don't pick them all because you don't want to bury yourself with 10,000 products. One thing that was actually a big seller was yeah. a magnifying light. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. A beauty magnifying light. We sold it in the shape of an oval. Oh, the mirror. The mirror. Yeah. yeah. Mirror. Not the light, light. but just the sorry, mirror. Sorry, sorry. So it was a mirror. mirror with a light around it. And we used, that's the mirror we used when we were done with the lashes. Mm-hmm. And they would always, without fail, go, oh my gosh, I need to tweeze my eyebrows. Do you sell this? And we're like, yeah. actually, oh, we yeah. do. Yes. So when you're done with the service, you hand the client the mirror. If it's a lighted mirror or a lit mirror, it's wonderful. And you can stock those. Yep. So. All right, so let's move on to question number two. Mm -hmm. Number two question from Lash Boutique Pro. Training, particularly volume training from well-known lash artists versus lash companies. Which one is better, pros and cons, or does it matter? I will say that 
Probably with a company, it's going to be a little bit more polished. You're going to stay on schedule. If you get distracted easily, I would say a company training might be better. It might just be a little bit more professional. I have taken trainings from individuals and it's been great. So I think it really comes down to the trainer as well. And also, I think the biggest thing is what you do with it when you walk away. It's just just anything else. I learned stuff from one trainer that was different from another trainer. And I forgot about things from one because I didn't implement it. So I think what you implement is what matters. But I will say that just as like my initial thought is that companies are going to be a little bit more organized if that's something that's really important to you. Overall, I mean, there's definitely one-offs and really great trainers. If you are going to an individual trainer, I would go to one of the bigger names in the industry. Which means you're going to end up paying a lot more because mm-hmm. usually most of these trainers are charging from fourteen to $1,800 for a session or two days as opposed to you probably will find someone in your local neighborhood doing for 600 bucks. But like you said, I just don't know what you're going to get from that person for 600 bucks. They haven't worked too much to market themselves. They probably haven't done that much work to develop the curriculum. And I've heard countless stories from – this is where I can chime in – from people I've interviewed who've taken training. And I always ask them where they got their training. And 99% of the time when they didn't get from a name that we've heard beforehand, the response would be like, well, it wasn't very good. In fact, I mm-hmm. felt kind of duped. Usually, like they got pulled in. It was so cheap. It was great. There's a reason why it's cheap. And they went in and they did the one day or two train day training. And then they realized when they got done, they had still nothing really to gain. So it's funny that I actually say that because now looking back when I got trained to yeah. do classic years ago, I was thinking about, I mean, there, Borbelauta wasn't around. The only one I knew of was extreme. And yeah. then I was just on Instagram looking for something else because I actually didn't want the corporate experience. Hmm. So it's funny that I. I just told you to go find yeah. the corporate experience. <laughs> but for some reason, I didn't want to just be another number. I didn't know how many students would be in the class. So that was important to me too. And this question, by the way, has been sponsored by Borba Levin. <laughs> <laughs> no, we take no money from anyone. This is tr- purely our opinion. So what about you, Tess? What are your thoughts? I think that you guys said it, it well. Okay. I'm sorry. I was about to move on. <laughs> <Moving> on. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. There are pros and cons to both. The pros of going with a lesser known individual person is that it's most likely going to be cheaper, right? Yeah. The cons is that you don't have as much recourse in case there's an issue. You don't know if if you need to give critical feedback. It's going to be less likely if you have a conflict with that one person that you'd be able to resolve it well. As opposed to a corporation or a group where they have probably protocols and systems in place to actually handle issues that come up during training. That's right. Because a larger company, like Erica says, you can probably expect a more professional or polished experience because they're going to have to equip their team with the right materials So you're pretty much assured that they'll at least have a a run-through with it. Yeah. So there's a little bit more accountability with with a group or a a larger company. But that's not to say that somebody who's just starting out can't do do well. Because you might have more one-on-one. That might be a little bit more motivated. Someone new Mm -hmm. just getting, I know Erica wants to move into the training space. I guarantee you when Erica steps in, it's not going to be half done or half baked. Erica is going to have it down crazy organized and crazy well produced because I know her character. Thanks. Yeah. So a big thing for you to do, and I've never heard anyone do this or say this, but I think it would be 
paramount that you do this. That is go and ask for referrals. Say, please let me talk to, give me like five or six people. Don't ask me for quotes. I don't want quotes. I want to actually talk to students who've taken your course. I want to hear from them and what they think. Now, if they don't have that, if they're brand new, it doesn't mean that they're not going to be good. What I would say is ask them, when does the dialogue stop? When does the teaching stop? If I get through the end of it and I still have questions or I don't feel like it was worth the money, what can we do? Can we have a dialogue about that? Can you add an extra unit there? Can you talk about it? That I mean, having a conversation with somebody and saying, do you believe in yourself Mm -hmm. to guarantee that I'm going to get what I I need? It may not be polished and all and perfect at the first time, but can we have a dialogue about it? Can you solve this problem if I have an issue? Yeah. And asking for feedback. And also I would ask too, do they have a book, a training book? Because I've actually seen some people not have books. And to me, that sounds like someone who just kind of threw it together or worse, just watched someone else's training and then came in. I've heard some people say, well, I don't share my book with people. I didn't ask that up front. I just want to know, like, I've actually heard people give you a book during a train and they take it away when you're done. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but because they, they don't want anyone to copy and steal I'm their sorry, training. If you're a student and you're paying for the information, yes. you're owed that. You get to take that, that book That would home. be a sign. That would be a con sign that that's not somebody that you want to go with. And if somebody, if you ask somebody, do you have a training manual? And they say no, it means that they haven't thought through it well enough to put something Organize together. Organize it, yeah. And maybe they do have information to give to you, and maybe it would be great for a specific learner who's only auditory, but I think that would kind of be a warning sign. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're doing a beginning, like right now, Borbalette is kind of combined classic with volume, and they do it over two days, I think, and I think you learn online first. You want to go with someone who has a little bit more developed program, too. I don't think you want to go with someone who goes, I can train you in the afternoon. I mean, I've heard plenty of these kind of you know little mom and pops who do, you come in at 10, you're done by 3 or 4, and you're out the door. Basically, two or three hours of showing you how it's done, and then one model, and they kick you out. You do not want that. Yeah, I guess what you have to do and your criteria is try to figure out what their goal is. If their goal is to get you in and out really fast, that's pretty much what you can expect from the program. If their goal is to make sure that you retain the information and that you own it even weeks from then, just like Erica said, you had questions afterwards and you you didn't really implement them, then that would be an indication of somebody that you would want to go with. Yeah. So try to figure out what the instructor or the lash course, their motive is. Yeah. And here, if I just looked again, it's, she was particularly talking about volume. So in this case, most volume classes tend to be one, maybe two days. You don't, I begin to see more classic that are going longer than that, sometimes three days, four days. I mean, Live Bay Lash is doing like a five-day class that teaches you volume classic and everything. So volume one-day class is probably fine because you're just learning the theory. I mean, two days preferred, I would say, because it's going to give you a lot more time to interact. And like I think you said in the end, you also want to be able to have follow-up. And I know that people like Lana are totally open to like, yeah, you can hit me up afterwards. I know Alona is the same way. She's like, yeah, you can hit me up after you're done. And I'm pretty sure other people like Trina and the other big names out there are all the same. They really keep an open-door policy to all their students so that you're able to email them and connect with them and ask them for information down the road after you've taken their courses. One other thing that I would say, if you're looking for an individual person who's just maybe fantastic at volume and you're trying to figure out, should I take a class from this person or not? One thing that you can ask them is, do you have before and after pictures? Mm -hmm. And when you're asking about the after, it's not immediately after the service, but 
two, three weeks when they're coming back in for a fill because uh, you no, want to we'll see. <laughs> well, I think that that shows integrity. It does. It does. Because it shows how they're growing out. And it also shows that that person, that artist, has a relationship with the client to understand what those needs are, what it looks like, how it wears. Yeah, I think this, we could talk a lot about this because. I wouldn't say it's false advertising, but sometimes using a model to showcase your work, it's the best of the best of the best that you've ever done, but mm-hmm. you don't know how that wears. Yeah. And the students you're trying to reel in from those perfect photos, they're not going back to their studio and only working on models. They're working yeah. on real clients exactly. and they need to know how it's going to wear. Yep. So... It would be really great if we could have volume trainers showing like, here's what it looks like when it was done. Here's what it looks like two weeks later. Here's what it looks like right before I did their fill. I think that would be a really great thing for the industry. Because that's the substance, not the style. Mm -hmm. And that's what we as an individual or a consumer, if we're looking to up our game and increase our skills, that's what we want. That's the information that we want. Mm -hmm. Not just how to make it pretty, but how to deliver that. Being able to deliver that means an owning of the information. Yeah. So if somebody can't articulate what that is, it's a good sign that you might not get that. You can get okay. like how it looks, but yeah. not necessarily how to deliver. And I think it's maybe just a call on out to any of those trainers if you're listening right now, that's something that could set you apart from everyone else if you're showing that. Because I know for us, one of Tuscany's biggest values has always been longevity. It's always about how long do they last. It's fine to make a beautiful set on your first day, but what you really want is something that looks great in three weeks. So that said, you have. I'm going to change the order because the next question that I want to skip to kind of dovetails from what we've been talking about. Let me read that question here. And this is from at, I believe it's IRL.Janice.I. What are some signs that could tell you that your lashing technique was improving? Any advice? One of the ways that you can tell if your lash technique's improving is how they're growing out. It's the longevity, how they're wearing. So when they come back in, you're going to take a look at how many extensions have they retained. And another thing that you can do, so obviously if there's more extensions, your technique is improving. The other thing is look at the tips of the extensions. If they're more in line with their hair, you're doing a a great job with placing it. If they're twisting and turning, that's something that you can work on improving. And the best way to do that is just make sure that the base is completely square. And when you're placing it on, it's just lined up with that natural hair. So those are the criteria of how you can see if you're improving or not. Something that no one talks about in their industry is wear and retention. People tend to talk mostly about retaining clients, like how many of your clients are coming back or stickies. People talk about stickies. But I think one of the things that most people just assume is like, oh, my lashes will last two weeks and then they have to come back. And I think for you to really see if you're growing is, wow, clients are now coming in three weeks. Wow, clients are now coming in four weeks because the lashes, the bonds are stronger the direction of the lash is going better. And so as a result, they're getting better results, right? Yeah, and understanding that it's not necessarily the adhesive. Yeah. <laughs> We've talked about that before. but Never the adhesive. Yeah, it's your technique, what kind of bond you're creating. Like Tessany was saying, the direction the lashes are facing when they come back. If they're all twisty, then you need to go back and look at the bond. And something else that comes to mind too for me is more thought into the design that you're creating. You know, when you talk about lashing technique, you're talking about the whole of it, right? So it's how your work looks, how beautiful it is, how uh, 
you can always see the really artificial classic lashes. Oh, those drive me crazy. I'm so glad we don't see it often anymore. Yeah, it's getting less and less. Less and less and less. But that is a, a big sign that your technique is improving when you can put a lot of thought into design. I love what you said. When you look at the lashes, when they're coming back in, if they look fantastic, like the client says, I don't even think I needed to come. But you take a look, you you get her all taped up and you're looking at her lashes from our position and you see how much they've grown out. That's a good indication. So one of the ways that we always did it is that we would put small lashes Small, small lashes, short ones, right, on a client's baby lash, a lash that's in the antigen stage. Why? Because we're thinking ahead. We're thinking, what's it going to look like when she comes in in two to three weeks, four weeks? If you put that small one on there, by the time it grows out, she's not going to see that growth, but the tip of that baby is not going to be poking way out, like pointing towards her eyebrow. It's going to be more in line. So that just goes to show what Erica just said. You think about the design. So it, it, it means not giving long ones on every single one. Okay, so in short, you know that you're improving when the client comes in and they say, I, didn't, I don't even feel like I need a fill. And it looks like that too. Yeah, I think that's great. Well, I think right now what we should do is we got through three, which is actually pretty amazing for us. I think High the, five. High five, yes. We should all give each other a pat on the back. And we will close this one up and we'll just come back and do this again real soon because I think this is the stuff that we really like doing. We love answering questions. So you guys, if you have questions for us, please, please send them to us, DM. You can email me at paul at lashcastpodcast.com. And also we love the audio question. That's even better, by the way, because we've been also answering some of these questions where you put your question via audio. And then at the end of the show, we do these. You can submit questions that way too. That would be super cool. By the way, you can push yourself or plug yourself when you come on. Hey, this is Nancy from Lashes RS. Well, that's probably a really crappy (laughs) name to pick, but sorry if your name's Nancy's RS and you're listening right now. But whatever it is, Nancy RS Lashes, and I'm here in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I'm so excited to give you this question and then you can promote it. And then hopefully people will go follow you because they heard you on our podcast. So thank you guys for answering our few questions and we'll do this again very soon. That wraps up this show. Thank you for tuning in. I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram at Lashcast Podcast and at The Lash Conference. And remember to subscribe, share, and review. On behalf of my lash buddies of Tusty and Erica, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing. And remember, you have a friend in the lash industry. 